Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome to another Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood, and I am joined by Christine Asif, who is a friend of Work Human. Uh, I've seen you many, many times on Twitter and different conferences at the Sherm Conference. And uh, welcome to the show. This is the first time we're kind of talking in person, but uh, I end up meeting people on Twitter and always good to connect to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here and excited. I've loved Work Human since I think I didn't go to the very first conference, but I know I went to the one in Florida and just fell in love with it. In fact, actually, I have a great story about Work Human. It's kind of the reason that I am in IO psychology right now is because of that Work Human conference. I kind of went there looking for what the next step in my career was going to be and got really inspired by hearing so many speakers and didn't even know what IO psychology was or wasn't aware of it. And then heard a lot of speakers who had that background and went, oh, these are my people. And, <laughs> and so that inspired me to go back to school, which I'm currently in. So there you go. <laughs> well, great. So, so um, maybe that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's What's kind of your background? How'd you get into... Yeah. So like two thirds of the HR world, I fell into HR and nobody ever like plans on going into HR. I think we, most of us are all just kind of fall into it because we tend to be the people who kind of pick up that mantle. But for me, I, I, I originally was working at a nonprofit and going into business management and didn't think anything of HR or whatnot, and then ended up landing a job that I was completely unqualified for, which required a lot of HR experience and a lot of business experience. And the business side I had, but the HR side I did not. And so over the course of about four or five years, just after working myself to the bone, I got to the point where I realized either I need to go into accounting and CPA and and all of that and really get into some heavy, heavy business, or I need to stick on the people side. And what do I want to do? And of course, was like, accountants are boring. I don't want to be an accountant. (laughs) So I decided to to stick to the HR side and then went back to LSU to get uh, a certification in HR and just some more things under my belt. And then picked up a couple of HR jobs here and there and got some more experience. So I have about 15 years of HR experience, generalist mostly under my belt. My most recent stint was at Waste Management. I was there for seven years. It was an absolutely wonderful company. Unfortunately, they went through a reduction in force and I had to be let go in the very beginning of the year, which was very poor timing (laughs) considering everything. But I've been doing just kind of a little bit of freelance work here and there and lots of odd jobs while I'm kind of laying low like everybody else. But also about a, I want to say when I went to work human that summer, that was what, 2016, I think. Something like um, that. And so, yeah, so I've kind of been slowly working on getting into grad school, but officially got into grad school 2018 towards it. But I had some undergrad courses that I had to get before I could even apply. So I had to do kind of a little bit here and there. But I'm about a third of the way through now, through my grad program. And okay. I'm doing it through Colorado State University, their IO psychology program, and, and just loving it. And, and it's really interesting to be a practitioner and have 15 years of HR experience and then learning a lot of HR, you know, from an IO psychology standpoint in an academic way. Because a lot of the projects I'll have have these fake like companies and here's the situation you're, 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 and I know exactly what to do and what the right answer is, but then I have to go and be like, oh no, I have to 
go and find the research that backs that. <laughs> my yeah. gut and my experience already tell me what I should do, but I have to go and actually like back it up. <laughs> this is a crazy time for you with the yeah. pandemic and you're based out of Baton Rouge. So grown up, born and bred, Southern girl, Louisiana girl, based out of Baton Rouge. I have family who lives in Boston and my kid goes to school at Simmons University in Boston. So we were planning to move up there after I was laid off because we figured, hey, it's perfect timing. Let's go ahead and go. And so we were, I mean, I'm literally talking to you and there's boxes, you know, all around. We were packing (laughs) up and then March, my kid came home to come help us pack their room in March. And then that's when everything kind of shut down. And so we slowed our roll and held steady. And so now we're just kind of like everybody else out there, just wait and see, right? So I'm outside of Boston. I'm probably about 45 minutes west. As is most everybody I know because of the traffic and the prices and all that stuff out there. But we got hit early. And so I'm not surprised that your kid came home pretty soon. And from everyone that I've talked to, I know that the colleges are opening up remotely in the Mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know if this is an option, but I have some friends with kids in school. And why wouldn't you just take a year off? Yeah, you know, and actually, so my kid actually has a part-time job at the registrar's office at Simmons. And what they told us is that actually that is, they're seeing a drop. They're seeing a lot of people who are able to take off a year and wait out a year because if you're going to be paying the same tuition, first off, exactly, yeah, why not? <laughs> now that said, I mean, it depends on the school and it depends on what the what policies are doing and whether or not they're discounting. And then my case, my kid got a really great scholarship to go up there, not 100% great. We're still paying for a lot of college, but, um, yeah, but enough, enough, you know, enough. <laughs> and, and in some cases, colleges are saying, hey, if you take off a year, you're not going to lose your scholarship. But in some cases, colleges are not, so they yeah. don't have a choice, right? They're going to lose out and not have that scholarship and then have to pay for it. But you're right. I have heard of a lot of like younger parents, parents that have like elementary age school kids and things like that, that are just trying to make it work where it's like, hey, you know what, we'll just take off a year or we'll just supplement, things like that. There's a lot of that, just so much. It just speaks to kind of what this year is going to be for everybody, being able to be agile, being able to be just make it work and everything else. So it's a lot of that going on. But I'm lucky that my university, the college I go to, was all online in the first place anyway. Yeah, so nothing's yeah. changed. Uh, so, um, university. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm already used to the canvas and everything else. And so nothing changed for us, <laughs> for my courses. So you mentioned to me, you got laid off at the beginning of the year. Bad time. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that are kind of in the same boat, whether mm-hmm. they got laid off from the result of the pandemic or just poor timing. What is the process like in terms of looking for a new job now? What yeah. do you wish hiring managers knew about? Like, are you finding that there is some empathy out there? Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. So it's funny because I was searching pre-pandemic, and I should say pre-pandemic. I mean, January, February was really here, but it hadn't quite gotten serious and lockdowns hadn't started yet. So from January through March, I was looking for jobs just like anybody would in an economy that was doing fairly well. Nobody was being laid off yet. We weren't seeing furloughs yet. We weren't seeing states locking down and people staying home yet, right? And so during that time, it was very much just plain old searching like you normally do. But now afterwards, it's definitely very different. And you know, some things I would say still stay the same. Like I'm one of those big people that when I'm actually coaching job seekers, 
my biggest advice is always target, target, target. Don't just, you know, go out there and start just like willy nilly throwing out job applications everywhere. There's such a tendency to want to do that. It's very much like this. It comes from a place of of feeling threatened, right? It comes from a place of anxiety and scaredness of just throwing out job applications, but targeting really is your best way to land your job. And so that hasn't changed. That said, you're still going to see an increase in job volume. We know that where we used to have to go and find a person who fit these qualifications, where we had to go source that, now we're not having to do that. Now we're getting a hundred of those applications coming in. And for hiring managers, I actually, I want to say it was last week or the week before, I, I was actually on the phone with a hiring manager, actually in the Boston area. It was a healthcare area. I won't name the name of who it was. But the recruiter that I was on the phone with was just lovely. And, and when I told my whole story, just like I just did now, at the very end said, hey, look, we're hiring in these areas. I mean, obviously, healthcare is one of the areas where we need more people than anything, than ever. And she said, she said so I definitely like what we see. We're going to put your, your resume in front of somebody. But then she, at the end, she said, I hire for all of HR for all of our hospitals. And so if this doesn't happen, just you know, keep me on your radar, bug me when you can. So then that way, if something else comes up, you're, I feel like you're, you would be a good fit. You'd be a good thing. And not to say that I don't think that that person would have said that prior to, but I feel like that's something that's, a, there's a little bit more empathy there, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little bit more of like, a, oh, I'm hearing what you're saying. And it's going to be really, really tough. And I don't want you to forget about me. And to be quite honest, that's something that I feel like we should be doing anyway <laughs> in the hiring yeah. practice, yeah. you know, having that empathy, having that idea. But maybe it's difficult to really be able to do when the economy is roaring and we have so much on our plates, not to say that we don't have as much now, but I just feel like there's a little bit more of that human connection and people are just a little bit more aware of what it's like out there. And so I have seen it. I have seen it. I have seen a little bit more. And I will say this, I do feel like I'm also getting a lot more, we appreciate you applying, but we went with a different candidate That's emails good yeah. than I have in the past. I feel like I'm getting a lot more of those than I have in the past. And so that might also yeah, be a that was, I mean, back, back when I was looking during the last recession, I got... Yeah, uh, right. I'm not even off. <laughs> and I remember applying to some jobs and then just never hearing anything. If I'm not a fit, just shoot me a note that says I'm not yeah, a fit. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I feel like that, again, 15 years experience before that, I was a hiring manager myself and managed my own staff. And this is the same thing that has been happening since the days of, of recruitment that ever existed back in the caveman era. Who knows? But the idea is, is that it's the one thing that the one thing that job seekers want to know is, is it still available? Am I in the running? Am I not in the running? I just need to know. And this is where I go back to the idea that it's a two-way street. They have to target and they have to know what they really are applying for. And they can't just be willy-nilly shooting from the hip and applying for every job and then expecting every single one of those 100 applications to come back to them. That's a little crazy. But if the job seeker is doing their job right and really targeting where they want, the job they want, and, and not being silly in the application process, then they deserve, they deserve to know. They took the time to really be able to target this particular employer and to target this particular job and to really be able to give it their all when they fill out the application, craft that cover letter and do the things that we tell them to do, which is to go and, you know, make sure they target their resume towards the job posting. You know, if they're going to do the things that we want them to do, then we need to be at least to extend that kindness to say, hey, sorry, we moved on with an internal candidate or hey, sorry, whatever the case may be. And that really does differentiate you as the employer of choice, period. It really does because it makes a big difference. 
And whether or not that's automated or it's not automated, honestly, it doesn't make a difference. They just need to know. They just yep. need to know. We don't really have to wait for any information nowadays. It's part of the reason why I hate checks because they're waiting for someone to cash that check. <laughs> right, I right. Rather transfer Venmo or do anything that's instantaneous and I don't mm-hmm. have to think about it anymore. But I feel like since this pandemic, we're seeing a rise of companies treating their employees more like people. The shared experience that we're all going through. And so we at Work Human, we believe everybody has a right to be appreciated and mm-hmm. to be acknowledged. And so it's great for us to see that. We've actually seen a lot of our clients use more recognition now in this time, which is right. Great. You know, yeah. everybody's home life is not great right now. <laughs> right. I mean, employee experience kind of was already something that was, we were already talking about and, and emotional intelligence was so big in the 20 teens. And I think that definitely we're seeing a generation that's coming through that is, I wouldn't say is doing anything different, just putting different terminology and talking about it more upfront than we have in the past. I don't think our generation, my generation is demanding anything more than any generation has in the past. I think it's just a question of, it's a little bit more out in front. It's got more statistics and research to it. And so therefore we know, hey, this is true, right? Like people do want to be authentic at work. People do want empathy and things like that. And so we're just kind of verbalizing it more, if that were to make sense. But you hit the nail on the head though. One of the things that I have been minorly obsessed about just in my spare time now, (laughs) and especially in my IO psychology coursework is the idea of mental wellness and health and organizational trauma as it faces what's going on right now. It's always something that I was kind of, I have kind of always had in the back of my brain prior to this, but now this is a very serious thing. And we saw this with the recession in 2008. We saw kind of the outcomes that happened of that. It was mostly the boomer generation that had the fallout from that, you know, losing houses, losing jobs, things like that. And now you're seeing it happen with a younger generation, right? The Gen X millennial, whatever you want to call them generation. And so you're seeing all these various traumas and how they happen. And so when layoffs happen, furloughs happen, and then let's just be really serious about that. I mean, those are serious things, losing jobs, but also people are having family die. And that is happening at a very high rate. And not only if there is it happening close to them, but they're seeing it on the TV screen, they're seeing it there's a sense of anxiety throughout the world and the country right now. And that is going to be in everybody's brain and it's going to be taking up space and it's going to be taking up space in their brain as they work and as they do anything, as they communicate, as they go through a billion Zoom meetings all day long. And those things are going to create cognitive overload and people react to anxiety and depression and cognitive overload in different, in various different ways, right? I mean, it's usually broken down into the fight, flight, or freeze response, right? In some kind of way, our lizard brain reacts that way. But it can manifest itself in so many different ways, right? You know, absenteeism, anger, paranoia, just lots of deviant behaviors that we're just not used to. And where we used to be able to, especially for those of us that are really good at being people people, where it used to be able that you could see them in the hallway or have a discussion or pass by and kind of know the vibe. Now it's much more difficult to be able to see and recognize that in a Zoom phone call where we can mute ourselves, where we can turn off the video and just listen. Sometimes we lose tone of voice. Sometimes we lose facial expression or we're just getting really, really, really good at hiding things. And now we're communicating via text and things like that. And that's just not how we evolved. And I'm saying all this, feel free to chime in. But this is one of those things that to me is a thing that we need to talk about especially in the HR world, because 
part of the change is that mental health idea and that making sure that we're supporting mental wellness in the workplace. And I do feel like sometimes HR tends to abdicate the responsibility of mental health to an EAP program, you know, and we say, hey, if you're not feeling well, if you're not doing well, go see a counselor, go see a therapist. And you know what? They're not wrong, (laughs) right? HR is not wrong in that. And I've done it myself. You know, if we need to work on deep-rooted, I was bullied in the third grade and I st- st- it still yeah. sticks with me. Yeah, go see a therapist. But at the same time, we still need to be able to have those type of discussions as it intersects with performance management, as it intersects with our job duties, with any type of deviancy in the workplace, discipline, whatever the case may be. And we need to be able to navigate the idea of emotions and trauma and whatever else we're doing from an HR standpoint, from a manager standpoint, because to to think that they don't exist in our virtual hallways is silly. And so we need to be able to talk about them in an open way. We need to be able to recognize that they're there. And along the short, right, right. And don't ignore it, right? And be honest about it and be transparent about it. I mean, that's like the best thing that an organization right now facing all of this stuff can do is to be able to really say, hey, look, we don't know what's going on just as much as you don't know what's going on. We're taking it day by day, just like you are. But you know what, guys? It's a team effort. We're going to get through it together, right? Exactly. And that's the best thing you can possibly do. My parents are 70. And they're very conservative and very much along the lines of you don't bring your family life into your work life. And that's impossible. Now, that mm-hmm. is absolutely impossible. People, and I think what's nice is I like seeing people's kids and seeing what people are dealing with because it gives you that common ground. Like I have kids screaming at me all day. <laughs> right. uh, I'm not getting any any sleep. So it's like if you were to judge my performance just on my performance, which by the way is spectacular. Yeah, uh, of course. You, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, just judge it on the results, that's fine. But look at it through the lens of like, am I getting work done, but also with all these things that are happening around me? Well, and that's the beauty of, I think, the era that we're coming to now and kind of the way I hope the framing becomes of performance management and kind of that holistic approach of employees and the, again, going back to the authenticity. It used to be the, you know, that old school frame of mind that you're thinking of, you know, that old school way of management was kind of like you check your personal at the door and then you walk in and you clock in from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then when you walk out, then you can go and be your personal self then, but during here, you're not. Well, that's silly, right? It's silly to think that because again, our brains don't work that way. (laughs) Like they just don't work that way. There is stuff that's running in the background. I like to say, you know, if you have a computer and you have task manager, right? And like your computer's running really slow, you'll open up task manager and you'll look and see, well, what's taking up space? Well, right now, this situation, this pandemic is taking up space in people's brains. It's like a program that's just running in the background right now. And it's happening. And it's not just the pandemic, but your kids and school and, oh, my kid is over here on a Zoom call and I need to go check on them right after I'm done with my Zoom call, (laughs) right? To make sure that they're still, that they're paying attention and they're not playing a video game on the side, right? Which is what my kid would do. But so the whole point is, is that understanding that allows us to really be able to open up to our employees in a very special way to be able to understand that it's not just about performance, but we really care about you as a person. And when we do that, we're able to really create a loyalty and a sense of connection and relationship that really goes beyond the level that other employers don't. And look, when we talk about wanting to make money, make profit, 
really make a big difference. And I, I don't think that we should go into any type of these things for manipulation tactics. But when it comes down to it, if you are an employer who really cares about your employees and does the right thing, then you are going to make money. You're all going to make profit because your employees are going to love you so much. They're going to be more productive for you, which means money. So when it comes down to it, we know that highly engaged employees, employees who feel comfortable, they feel like they can discuss these things, they can talk about these things, that their managers care about them as a person, they tend to see better results, period, end of story. So when it comes down to it, it makes business sense, right? But then also, it's just the right thing to do. It makes a happier workplace for everybody, and it just makes things slow, smoother. And then you can have difficult conversations in a better way because you've had a connection, you have a sense of trust. Hey, I need to talk to you about something that didn't get done. I understand that you've got a four and a, and a three month old in the other room screaming, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. So that kind of thing can come from a place of empathy. It's not about not holding them accountable. It's just about being able to hold them accountable and understanding where they're coming from, where their perspective is, right? I love it. So I want to thank you for joining us. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at HRTACT, H-R-T-A-C-T. You can find me there. That's also my website, so HRTACT.com. And that's also on LinkedIn if anybody wants to connect with me there. I like connecting with people. And hire you. And hire me, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely looking for something in the Boston area that's pl- where we're planning on being. More than welcome to take remote jobs right now. I'm just doing various freelance projects. So if anybody needs any help with training and development, leadership development, anything in the org psych or HR area, feel free to hit me up. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us and take care. You're welcome. Thank you, Mike. For 20 years, WorkHuman has helped leading brands build cultures of gratitude and human connection. Their solutions work in the best of times, the worst of times, and all the time. Let them work for you in turning isolation into recognition, connection, and celebration. Get up and running in minutes at workhuman.com.